Hello and welcome to the podcast that explores the heartlands, entertainment industries. I'm Brian. I'm Kelly. I'm Nicholas. And uh, how's it going, everybody? I'm glad I'm glad we've gathered here today. Um, I have to bring up something that we were talking about uh, prior to recording, which was uh, <laughs> a tumultuous way that Kelly was asked. Oh, to here we go. <laughs> beep, beep, called out. Beep, beep. <laughs> it's too we're good of a story it. to not we're have on the it. show. <laughs> this. Listeners, this listeners, viewers, whatever, this story made me question. Just, just made me have so many okay. questions. I'm not going to name names, so there's that. I'm just going to be totally neutral because, listen, we were young and in love. I'm just kidding. Um, no, we were not. No, it was not true love. It was not meant to be. Um, so one of the first ways I was ever asked to a dance, which I was thrilled about and this was by I will give that he was someone who was involved in the theatrical arts world okay so he had he a flair for the dramatic he was an actor um he <laughs> asked me to uh, like a semi-formal and this was I so he I just I'm just gonna say it okay <laughs> just just rip the band-aid off coffee I got invited to go get coffee with some people uh, and he was involved in that coffee group. So I thought, oh yeah, I should probably go just to be in the same vicinity as him. I didn't, it wasn't like a direct like date invitation. So I went and at the coffee house, I proceeded to be kidnapped. <laughs> he was kidnapped and I was kidnapped and thrown. I was thrown into the trunk of a car <laughs> I was blindfolded and gagged and, and like, I think I had my hands tied around my back and I was thrown into the trunk of a car and he was in the trunk. And then he, somehow we untied each other. And as I- This is where it gets romantic. <laughs> and then and then I rescued him a little bit by pulling down the blindfold and he asked, Kelly, please go semi-formal with me. And I said, yeah. What if what if you had not like realized that it was all a prank and you were still like in like what? Why is your mind on the dance? We're being trafficked right now. Yeah, it's like it's like his brain's going like we're gonna die, but in this let's let's pretend we're not. Cut two, cut two right now, cut two. Brian and I are at the coffee shop and Nick has plans. He has big plans. Nick has big plans. Brian. Okay, I just ordered coffee, so let's sit down, okay? I don't know. Someone wrote me this weird note, Brian, and they told me to come here and that I needed to be having coffee with you, okay? So I'm okay. here. So I just don't okay. know what's about to happen, though, okay? I don't well, know what's about to happen, though, okay? What's, what's up with all the dudes in masks outside the coffee oh. shop here? Wait. What? Why what do they have even... guns? What's going on? Oh Brian, no. no, now I'm being tied up too. Oh, stop it. Oh, oh, Brian, no. Oh. Cut to Brian being thrown very viciously into the back of a pickup truck. Oh my God, no. <laughs> oh, it hurts so good. Nick lying next to him, tied up. Oh. I'm driving. Oh, hey, Brian, it looks like we're both 
we're on our way to something bad, but, um, hey, by the way, it's hard to talk with this gag in my mouth. You mind getting that out for me? Sure, let me get it with my mouth. There you go. Working perfectly. Now that I have your attention, would you like to attend a dance with me? Wait. Y'all be quiet back there! I already asked. I do not want to hear you boys speak anymore before I take you into the house. Sorry, my friend's very method. Nick, I don't... I don't know why you would your mind would be on a dance right now. I think he's serious. I, this is oh, go, go, go. oh god, that, that's just Jimbo. He's I've, did you know that I'm a theater kid? I Wait. got some very committed friends, so it'll be fine. Come on, you know, why are you missing fingers and bleeding? I, you know what? I'm a little method too. It's okay. It's all okay. I just wish that you that could. Is it. I'm pulling over right now. <laughs> This is, I'm so confused emotionally right now. Be quiet. I'm telling you to drug pushers. You are going to be their drug pushing minions. But sir, before we become drug pushing minions, would you mind dropping us off at the dance? <laughs> like, that's not a far cry from the story Kelly told us and then tried to move on. <laughs> but he didn't just tell us that story. Yeah. I, I, and like I said, like back then, it was like, like we talked about why that would have been like a thing. Like why, why was that a thing? But because like, prank shows, prank, prank shows were big and it just started to become kind of big to ask people. Right. So. <laughs> but prank shows were in. Prank shows were in, but I don't remember how many episodes of Punked threw Justin Timberlake into the back seat of a car, and then Ashton asked him out to the dance. I should have. I, I felt like it probably should have been more romantic, but I can't tell because, like, oh. I don't think it, I don't think he knew that I liked to be scared. I don't think he knew me that well. It what? seems like it seems like stumbled upon <laughs> from the story you told. It seems like this dude did not was just taken a <laughs> shot in the dark. <laughs> And he just so happened to fall upon this crazy bee. And on the 10 And I'm just like, yes, I'll go. And then he had to dump me after that. He was like, she'd be nuts. She liked that. <laughs> that was all a test and you failed. Yeah. But you then said, he, you said that he asked somebody else, like. He did. He did another, like, crazy. I can't even remember specifically, but it involved the same building that he asked me at. But this involved, like, being taken up to the roof, like, at night and like i think i think that there was a fall involved like i'm honest i like i'm remembering now that i'm saying i think that, that she got a concussion because she fell and hit her head but regardless i think that he what? tried or there was a Wait, sorry i forgot she, about that part. was he holding her on the edge of the yeah. building saying you will go to the prom with me but no i think he tried to like spider-man it or something and like do an upside down like kind of stunt thing i don't remember specifics he he better not he's gonna get instagram message I am not quoting that this is all direct. This is like hearsay from me. I'm a gossip queen. So I did live through part of it, but the rest of it, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to take any shit. A kidnapped gossip. <laughs> that is the most and then the bonkers. Next girl he gave a concussion to by asking her on the roof of a building. Oh we don't know said details. So just in the follow-up, and I, and I haven't asked this yet, but just in the follow-up, you know, like in those... And then like in the 10 minutes after, oh, 
fake kidnapping. Yeah, untie me, please. What was the conversation like after that? Very uncomfortable because I did not know what to say. Oh, so it was very silent. <laughs> and I think I said something along the lines of, that was my first kiss. And uh, he said nothing back. Wait, wait, wait. He kissed you in there? Yes. At the in end. In the trunk? Uh, no, like he asked me and I said yes. And then he kissed me. Aww. And Still, then we while you're tied up. While you're tied up. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, this was untied. I don't think he, I don't, I don't think that was like a request. I don't think that was a request for him to kiss you. I think he was going to do it. <laughs> like, like, I've done so much stupid shit as a teenager. I am, I am, I, I, my brain was not developed. I've done some really, really dumb things. I just, the thought process of, you know, like romantic is like rope, blindfolds, gags, yeah. back of a truck, suspense. I want to. I want to see the workshopping of this idea of like. Okay, I do too, guys, and I, I want to know who was out. I think she's like. like she's who? The one. who and yeah, I, like I gotta have he, ideas. Like, should I just get her? Should I like write a letter, or should I like kneel down and ask right. her? No, because, no, no, bro. No, hear me out. Tie her up. Throw her in the back of the trunk. Blindfold. Let her save her. you. <laughs> Like, ask her and then shove her out the door and drive away like Dwight, Dwight Schrute it you know like when he leaves B Bri Ryan <laughs> he leaves Ryan at the <laughs> middle of nowhere like should I should I do the thing I don't really like the thing of where you know I neg a girl and make her feel bad about herself no you just do it in one go and don't make her feel bad about herself make her fear for her life yeah. <laughs> and then kiss her and make it super confusing but don't say anything <laughs> Meanwhile, he says first date like emotionally scarring. Yeah. But meanwhile, little 14-year-old Christian Kelly's just like, dear Jesus, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I got the daddy award. <laughs> well, hey, how did you dance, by the way? We had a great time. We did. Okay. I can't, I'm not even going to be, I, I'm not even going to lie. I mean, yeah, totally. Like I said, I did, even speaking to you guys, I'm going through a therapy session realization in this moment that this was even weird. Yeah. We had a good time until he broke my heart the next time and didn't want to go out with me after that. So and then uh, and then you were telling us that like whenever he arrived to pick you up, he like shot a net of one of those net guns at you and then like <laughs> just dragged you into the dance the whole way, right? Yeah. And you were being dragged along going, Oh, he's so romantic. He's so funny. We were in a show together. <laughs> this is a prop net. <laughs> Well, kids, sit down, grab a cup of coffee. This is a harrowing tale. <laughs> so how do we even, in, I don't even know, I, I, I don't even know how to intertwine that into Oh, I've got the topic. perfect segue. So <laughs> if you have a great idea of how to ask the girl of your dreams out, but you're thinking to yourself, by golly, I need prop weapons that fire blanks. <laughs> Just to really drive the fantasy home, <laughs> you might want to hire an armorer. You know, my favorite Disney movies are the ones that start with a kidnapping. Those are the. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Or how about this? Women, have you ever been kidnapped and then confusingly asked out on a date? <laughs> 
take some self-defense classes from this guy at range 405. He's an armorer. And it's friggin' boom. So without any further ado, we're yeah. just going to jump right into it. Well, so let's just go straight to our conversation with Matt Moulton from Range 405. So, Mr. Matt Moulton, welcome to the Okie Show Show. How are you, sir? Ooh, been good, been good. About, uh, about a year ago or so that I met you, wasn't it? I, has it already been a year? Something yeah, like that. I think you're about right. And I remember seeing you out at the, uh, the first conference that we had here in Oklahoma. That's right. That was such a cool thing to like just get to mingle and all that. We get we don't get to do that very often. And now uh, especially remember cooking. mingling? Yeah. That was <laughs> oh, some good times. Whenever we could share space. Uh, tell and... me more about mingling, Brian. Oh, back I whenever we just more. mouth breathe on each other. Oh. Just raw dog oxygen without the help of a mask. Here's my breath and here's yours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this holding of the hand, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the times are changing. Wow, wow, wow. A whole year ago, you're actually in person. Yeah, we didn't even get to have a conference. We didn't even have, have a second annual. Because I know. Uh, hopefully next year. Next year we'll get the chance. Yeah, they might so, be able to do new studios. So, Matt, you are an armorer, which has got to be the hardest word to say. An armorer. 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 Mm -hmm. armor uh, nope the, the more technical term is the gun guy the, the gun, gun guy. guy i like that i can say that i'm gonna rip off the tongue a little better <laughs> the formal credit gun guy gun and guy. you're when when you're working on a movie you are the gun guy yep. you're the the expert around all of this kind of stuff but you have such a vast background uh, that has led to this point. Can you kind of give us a quick little overview of your of your history and how you landed as an armorer? Okay. Well, I was born a child. <laughs> uh, well, see, I, I was uh, I was in the army uh, about fifteen years of active duty and reserve, and uh, the the last half of my career, I kind of got to do some stuff with these uh, special operations guys, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I, uh, I switched over and did that stuff for the last half of my career. I did about 26 years total. Uh, near, the, near the end, I was, um, was part-time, so I was working for the, the Army Reserve, but I was basically full-time with them. So they would say, hey, uh, we need someone to go down to the jungle, and I'd go down there. Hey, I need someone to go up to Labrador, and I'd go up there. So I, I put together different teams and did that stuff. And then uh, when I started transitioning out, I decided that uh, I wouldn't start teaching people. So I started um, teaching people self-defense. And uh, that's how I got pulled into the movie stuff. Um, through a mutual friend, uh, Josh uh, Caldwell was coming in to do uh, Infamous. And he needed some firearms training for uh, uh, Jake Manley and Bella Thorne. So that, that was my introduction to uh, movie stuff was Bella Thorne walking in the, in the office. Right. Ah, yeah. I guess I'm in movies now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Crash so, course in the pretty, world. Of yeah. Yeah. She she didn't really like it though. I was like, hey, you're the girl in the in the, the Africa movie. And she's like, oh god, who is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's great. But but yeah, so we we did that, and then uh, it's a fairly small community. When, when people get to 
uh, to work with me, they realize I'm not going to be like, I'm military, right? I'm going to be a big jerk, you know, <laughs> wear camouflage pants and, and you know, that's just not yeah. I am. Start every sentence with, so there I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would uh, say uh, one of my last assignments when they transferred me from Southcom working in Central America up to Northcom, uh, I had to go up to Labrador, Newfoundland, Arctic, subarctic zone. When I needed soldiers for there, they had me pulling soldiers from like upstate New York. And so I get, yeah, I get these soldiers from upstate New York and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have these city guys. And this guy walks in and he's, wearing a cowboy hat and he's chewing. He's like, hey, how's it going? I, like, hey, I would have seen that. <laughs> it's just the, 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 a lot of the city folks, you know, they, they we, yeah, we do get stereotyped a bit. Like, I'm from Oklahoma, and sometimes I play that, you know, play the accent pretty thick. Tell me a little bit about what exactly an armorer does on a movie set. So one of the, one of the things that a lot of the productions try to do is they try to bring the armor in, say, last second, they have everything going and they go, Hey, gun guy, just show up with guns. And uh, what I'm getting a lot of now, when I, I try to tell people, Hey, get me in the process as, as soon as you can. And I can help develop the scene. I can get everything ready ahead of time, you know, get the right gun for that person, um, whatever that character happens to be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't know what it's doing. And then uh, the, the other thing I get to do is, uh, I help train people. So I get to train the actors for the style that, that they're going to be uh, handling the gun in. So if it's, you know, a, uh, an assassin or a soldier, they're going to have to look like they know what they're doing because people can pick them apart. If it's just supposed to be a, you know, random dude with a gun, we need them to be kind of free and loose with, with it. Mm-hmm. So we get to do a lot of the training ahead of time, which was vital with uh, Out of Exile because uh, he had – uh, some really kind of key players, and they were supposed to have been practiced. Um, one of them was military trained. So those guys came out. We trained them for two months um, before the movie even started. What, is, uh, what does the training pertain to? Like just going out and shooting and or just how to hold it and everything? What's what's all that? What's involved in that? Yeah, well, for these guys, they were supposed to be able to function as a, as a robbery crew. So we start off with their basic handling. And, and the more I can get them to handle it, the more comfortable they can look with the firearm in their hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they actually practice coordinated movement. So they learned how to do uh, all kinds of things with the firearm and then to look comfortable doing it. And then we did some scene-specific rehearsals. So they got to go through some of their scenes. You, you know how it is. They, uh, you know, they look, everyone looks best on their seventh take, right? Yeah. You know, a dynamic scene. Well, on these uh, on these robbery scenes, uh, these guys get, they got to practice it 20, 30, 40 times before we even got on camera. So when they got on camera, I mean, you saw it, Ryan. It was, it they, was yeah. I mean, like they looked they looked solid. <laughs> yeah, the word you're looking for is sexy. They look sexy. Yeah, they knew what they were. They knew what they were. Everything was. This is like the, I was just telling them that I, my husband wants me to take a class so I can learn to handle his gun, which I think is excellent. And I've never shot a gun before, but this sounds like what I should do first because I'm an actor and this is how my mind will work. And I I only know how to improvise, hold a gun and that's it. So I just do the next acting step and then I'll go full blown, get my license. Yeah. (laughs) See, and that's the other thing that we did. The other thing I I started doing is just teaching people self-defense. 
And yeah. um, half of my clients are, are women. Uh, mm-hmm. Women are seriously good at firearms. Yeah. You know, women's have, women have, uh, they have better hand-eye coordination. They have more tactile feedback. They have faster reflexes. So if I get a couple out there, I have to be careful because the wife will start out shooting the husband and there's some machismo <laughs> issues that rear yeah. the ugly there. Full so disclosure, women- my mom outshoots me and I go to the range pretty regularly now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom can like shoot circles around me. It's crazy. And she's this little unassuming lady. <laughs> yeah, women are amazing self-defenders. They really are. Yeah. We, when we get the actors out there, we're, we just try to set them for their character, you know? So uh, if they're supposed to have training, then they look like they have training. If they're not, then they, they need to look really rough. You know, yeah. the big thing in the, the firearms world is, uh, is about as toxic as anything can get. You mm-hmm. know, so um, you'll post a nice video of a grandmother learning how to shoot. There'll be some, some idiot that will go in there and go, her finger's not in the right place. Shut up. Yeah, the the purists. Yeah, and so that's what we try to we try to try to translate into the the production is uh, uh, those guys doing uh, or, or manipulating the firearm the way they would according to who, who that character is. You know, like our gangsters need to look gangster. They don't need to be worried about trigger discipline because they're gangsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as an actor, I could see how that be that'd be so helpful. Like in my mind, that's like. To feel comfortable as my character, my character is comfortable with the gun. So therefore, I need to be comfortable with this gun. I need to know how to use it. I want it to look natural so I'm not constantly in my head about it while I'm acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. God, I wish my video was working so I can show you guys. But one of the, the biggest things is uh, so it's supposed to be someone really trained with a firearm. And there's this, this thing we call the teacup. And imagine like you're, you're hold, you hold the pistol, say, in your right hand only, and you take your left hand and you set your right hand on top of it, like a scissor, paper, rock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's called the teacup. If your character is supposed to know what they're doing with a firearm, that drives the whole firearms community insane when they see that. Uh, oh, like, <laughs> like, like this or like this? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like if you put your left hand out like a flat saucer and take your right fist and set it right on top of it. <laughs> that, oh, Right? Yeah, she got it perfect. That's yeah. a perfectly wrong way to handle your gun. Good job. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> but but now someone that doesn't know what they're doing, uh, that's exactly how they should be handling it. So it, right. The other thing that I do a lot of is help them kind of change um, what firearm they want to use. You know, mm-hmm. so so you have the right firearm plugged in there. Mm, that the makes big sense. Yeah. The big, the big productions they have all those prop guns. And they'll just go grab something crazy that you're like, why in the world are they using it? They haven't made that for 80 years. Yeah. I have to. I'm, I'm, I'm at some point going to pull up the Nerf gun that my son got for Christmas again. I'm going to pull it up. It's called the Pharaoh. It's insane. And it just, it, he, he's bigger than him. And it's hilarious. So at some point, it's coming out. Yeah, I it have. Be inappropriate in any sketch or anything. Yeah. That's how inappropriate this gun is. You could never find an appropriate moment for this gun. You know, one of the things I loved, you guys watched The Mandalorian? Oh, yes. goodness, yeah. You know what I love about that? And you can imagine now, because you guys are all into, you're all into production. Uh, when you watch something, you like, you pause and you talk and you pause and you talk and you say, you know, wow, they did this and they did that. So every time we watch anything with guns in it, my wife was automatically, you know, she had, 
go take her happy pill because she knew I was going to pick it apart. She goes. That is not. Look at that! They they clipped that there, and that's a that's a three camera shot, and she's like, "If this is worse than it's ever been in my <laughs> life, because now I'm doing all the gun picking and I'm doing all the production picking." So she's kind of in her own yeah. personal world when she watches something with me. Now. We just I love up. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, it's 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 fun stuff. But the awesome. the other thing I get to do, I get to help them pick out the right firearms, and then with OOE, we had enough lead time that uh, I built custom guns for each one of the actors. Oh, oh wow. wow. Which is it's fun. That's, that's kind of what I do. Go ahead, Kelly. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I just was going to say that I know that Brian had mentioned that there's like there's a difference between, you know, using a regular gun and just shooting blanks and like it can like hurt you, like harm your gun if it's not the like I don't know anything about it. So can you speak to that a little bit? Like why you would need kind of proper guns set up the right way for a movie yeah, shoot? The, well, number, number one thing to remember is that uh, the prop guns are are dangerous. They're, they're actually, they're deadly. Um, we're shooting we're shooting blanks and the, the, the blanks that are actually shooting a jet of air out the front of the firearm. So uh, you, you can get hurt. Like say if we let sand get in the barrel and we fired a blank, it would blow the sand out the front of the barrel at about a thousand feet per second. Which you know has a has a pretty high suck factor on it if you're in front of it. Yeah. So we have a lot of safety protocols for that, and some of the guns are are dedicated, um, like green gas blowback guns. And uh, any time that a person is going to be anywhere near the muzzle, we use the green blowback guns, and then we let them CGI the effects in there. Oh. Everyone assumes because I'm a gun guy that I want you know people blazing away at each other with blanks, and I I. I don't want to use them unless we have to use them because they can do amazing things with the effects and so impressive. This stuff, like I, I can pick it up. I can tell whether it was a real, uh, whether it was a blank fire, whether it was a siege. Because I'm just, I know what the shape and color and everything can look like. Most people, they don't know. They don't care. As long as it looks real, it is real. Yeah, but that's what uh, that's a lot of the comments that the wife gets whenever you're watching movies together. Like that was yeah. real. Yeah, I'm like, look at that teardrop. You know, that's not really a teardrop like that. And she would tell by the color. And she's like, you shut up. I just want to watch him shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to watch this Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've, we've gotten to where we'll watch a viewing now. And I just, I just, I'm quiet. And then I watch it a second time. And I have commentary with myself. Because everyone. <laughs> I, I have five kids. They're like, we've had enough of this. Yeah. So you can't take a normal, just like a regular pistol. And just put load it with blanks and then fire it, right? Oh no, no, it would be way too dangerous. That'd be way too dangerous without it obstructed. And then you know, a semi-automatic pistol. Semi-automatic means you, you pull the trigger, it fires the round, it ejects the old casing, loads of the new casing, and, and it will not continue to fire. That's semi-automatic. Mm -hmm. But of course, all the directors think that everyone owns a machine gun. <laughs> so yeah, to get the machine guns of the semi-autos to work, we have to put special barrels on. And what the special barrels do is they have a, a smaller exit hole on the end of the barrel, which forces pressure back down the barrel, makes the gun cycle, you know, out mm -hmm. with the old and with the new. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have to uh, we have to kind of figure out what what the sh what what is the shot uh, needing, uh, and then we kind of adjust what firearm we're going to use for that. Now with the big rifles like we use in OOE, those were actual real rifles, uh, and I convert the barrels in those 
um, so that they'll operate on the blanks. Yeah. You know, they're real up guns, but when you're having super close up shots, like we have super close up shots of Adam. And if you guys don't know Adam, Adam's such a great actor. I love that guy. They got these these big close up shots of him with that rifle. If we don't have a real rifle in his hands, I mean, people are going to be able to tell. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, the, and then guys like me are going to go nuts if you look at that rifle and there's not sights on it. Yeah. <laughs> I catch him in the movies all the time. I'm like, that's awesome. He doesn't have any sights on his gun. <laughs> but yeah, so we kind of use a, there's a variety of tools, uh, including the solid rubber gun. When we were shooting a model house this summer. A lot of the stuff was really up close. And so we use rubber guns and we used a foam gun so that the, we, we just want to mitigate all of the risk. So you, you need the firearms in there because they're in the script, but you want to get rid of all the risk you can possibly get, get rid of. Yeah. So That's, you're not just walking around willy-nilly on a set with these prop, prop guns and still pointing barrels at, at you know people and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, there's uh, very little actual pointing of guns at people. Um, we had uh, Peter Green. If you guys haven't met Peter Green, you have missed out because that dude is frigging awesome. And I, I started to see Brian smiling because yeah. they're like, what's well, Peter Green? Boy, I bet he's going to be a, a real pain to work with. And he was one of the nicest, most down-to-earth guys. And everyone just loved being around him. Well, well Peter's got a couple of scenes where he is straight up sticking a gun in another guy's face. Yeah. And there's no way to get around that happening because it's in the script. So we controlled that with constant... Uh, safety checks the gun went from me to peter and from peter to me and literally even between every take i was checking that firearm and the uh shot was so tight and so close that we had to use a real gun if it had been plastic or anything it, it, people would have been able to tell mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i think, uh, <laughs> I think kyle still has some divots in his forehead from where peter whacked him in the head with that gun. <laughs> yeah Ooh, it feels like the real thing. Yeah, about take four, we were like, holy cow, this is getting real. We need to give them five. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just about mitigating that risk. And um, it's the reason that I advocate everyone use an actual armor and a designated armor is because you, you, you don't want this chain of custody on the gun to get huge. Like I, I took it and I handed it to Kelly and Kelly handed it to Nicholas and Nicholas handed it to Brian and, and when we lost track of it and then someone's real gun gets, gets on set or one of the wrong firearm gets passed back up the chain. Yeah. This is literally the plot of my favorite show of all time, Veronica Mars. One episode that happens with a prop gun and they trace it back and they lose it in one thing and it kills a person and they have to investigate it and it was horrific. So I've always thought about that. Like you never... And even in college, like when they teach you, hey, your prop, don't touch anybody's prop, but your prop. But like with guns and weapons, it's so different. It's like yeah. very, ooh. anyway, I know that's so silly, but it stuck with me. Like well, it really did. Yeah, the, the potential, the potential for, uh, for someone getting hurt is, is literally off the scale. And so um, I do what's called a risk assessment uh, for every day and for every scene. And I put all of the mitigation factors that I need into place to make sure that I can, I can address everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny. They sent me some pictures of kind of when we were shooting and I, I didn't realize the, uh, 
the guy was taking pictures and I, I look, I'm bristling with firearms because everyone's gun comes straight from them to me. So I've got I've one in each front pocket and I've got one in each back pocket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure it's A to B, A to B, A to B, A to B. It's the right and check it every time. Um, well, I did uh, I did Wild Indian um, for uh, uh, Mr. Corbin uh, about a year ago, and we didn't have a lot of guns on the set, but uh, there was a a lot of takes and a lot of and it was really. Um, Brian, you were on Wild Indian, weren't you? I missed that one. I what was I was on something else during that time. I think that was that was that was really um, well the first ones that I did solo, and so I and I didn't have an assistant armorer with me, so it was fun. I had to, everything locked in my cart, and I was having to walk back and forth with it. Okay, yeah, you know my uh, I've, I've got a mentor that's out in L.A. He's one of the, the big independent armors out there. So one one thing that. Uh, he impressed on me when I was first getting into the industry. So you, know, you uh, don't over, you know, only sell yourself for what your actual capability is. Uh, don't claim anything that you're not. And uh, if you're not sure about something, don't answer a question. <laughs> well, yeah, especially when you're dealing with freaking guns and stuff. Like, don't fake it till you make it in that arena, please. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guys. That are like, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll drag this guy on his armor because he used to be a seal. Well, that that's great, but it took me a long time to get out of my mentality um, with live guns and adopt a whole different set of practices for working on the set. Yeah, and, uh, I didn't do that alone. I had two or three mentors that helped me kind of make that transition. Hey there, film folks. If you're trying to get your project made, I got to tell you about my friends over at NGPFilm.com. If you are in the state of Oklahoma and you need equipment to get your project made, you need to go to NGP. They've got camera equipment, grip and electric equipment, sound equipment, production gear, stuff for your locations, pretty much everything. And if they don't have it, they're going to help you find it. Their customer service and support is out of this world. Literally, if you're in the middle of your day and you need extra gear, they will come to where you are and drop the stuff off. Or they have a super convenient night pickup and drop off. So you can call them. They'll leave it in these really cool little bins with a code that they give you. And then you show up and you put the code in and then voila, you got the gear. And then when you're done with the gear, you come back, you leave it in the drop off, you put the lock back on and then shazam your day's over at three in the morning ngpfilm.com is pretty much the best thing oklahoma film has to offer if you have any rentals anything that you need check them out ngpfilm.com say you've got a project that you're filming tomorrow but what's that there's construction that started across the street next to the overpopulated dog kennel if only there was a better more controlled environment to shoot your movie at a magical place where the location owner doesn't change their mind last minute and send you scrambling to find a new spot to shoot your high school themed alien invasion murder mystery. Where is this land of milk and honey and craft services? Green Pasture Studio in Oklahoma City is a 12 acre campus boasting over 8,000 square feet of Hollywood grade soundstage, plus standing sets including a high school, police station, hospital, bar, a full house, and a wooded backlot. The campus has everything a filmmaker might need to elevate their production, so why not build your dream at Oklahoma's premier soundstage? You can learn more at greenpasturesstudio.com. Green Pastures Studios, so much more convenient than your ex-girlfriend's dad's house.
whenever this is kind of a, a backtrack question, but like whenever you're training the actors, do you guys use live rounds or are you using like blanks and half loads and stuff? When it, when it comes to like specifically actor training, mm -hmm. uh, we do both oh, um, okay. because the actors need to be able to simulate the, the real firearm when we're using blanks. I have them shoot some live rounds for sure. Adam Hampton loves shooting live rounds. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. So he and and you can tell uh, you, you can tell if they've actually shot the live rounds before when on set. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll simulate it properly. Yeah. So we do a little bit of both. And he kept trying to talk uh, 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 Kyle Harris, the director of OE, into letting him shoot live on camera. And Kyle's like, "No way, that's happening." <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a like the only movie that I could think of that that it was known that they were shooting live rounds was um, Act of Valor, where it was like real seals shooting. Oh, yeah. Which I'll tell you what, man, uh, I think at some point they're firing a 50 cal and it's live rounds with the 50 cal and you can see the, the tracers from the bullets and it's not CGI. It's like the real thing. You know, but they do such good with the CGI. So it's just a safety factor for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd be able to tell, like, with my eye, but that's just yeah. well, on a total. No. Let's talk. Let's talk rounds, uh, Brian. So yeah. we have. You know, say we have the live rounds for training. We have blank rounds, which make the guns function properly, uh, and then we have dummy rounds, and dummy rounds are completely inert. And we have we have to have dummy rounds on set. Just say if uh, a guy's holding a revolver, if you don't put dummy rounds in the cylinder, then when people are looking down the barrel, they can see them. <laughs> you see just gaping holes where the bullets yeah. would be. I'm not yeah. talking about you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, so Russian those, roulette. <laughs> right. And then the other dummy rounds we use are like, say, in a magazine for a rifle mm -hmm. so that uh, you can look in there and go, oh, yeah, I can actually see those rounds in there. And it's not empty, which a lot of people won't catch, but the gun... The gun um, people will catch it. Yeah. But uh, the thing about the dummy rounds, they look absolutely like a real round from the outside. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we do is we have someone load a, do a custom load for us. Uh, there's no primer. So it's a, it's a completely inert casing. They seat the bullet in there. But before they seat the bullet, they drop a BB inside of it. So I can take that round and I can shake it and it, it rattles around. So the guy that makes them for me, he calls them rattlers. Hmm. And let's say I'm going to load that pistol. Uh, well, the actor uh, and the director and at least one other person watches me shake and rattle each round and load each cylinder. Um, literally every time there's any kind of a break, we yeah. unload it, completely reload it. Yes. I mean, gosh, you can't be too safe, right? Right. Yeah. Is that what, uh, what are, we talked about misconceptions a little bit earlier, but what are some uh, misconceptions about being an armorer? Cause like, uh, I, I, after being on sets, the whole safety thing is, you know, absolutely makes sense and everything. But if I was just, you know, a yokel who just wanted to comment on that stuff, I, I probably would not be thinking that armor emphasizes safety. Instead, I would be picturing you yeah. with all the guns, like you were Woo! saying. Is that no, it, like Yosemite Sam? Yeah, no, yeah, it's it is completely. Well, the, every, they try to grab a picture. Oh, well, hey, this guy used to be a cop. Let's throw him on set and have him do you know, our armor work and you, you, that's really dangerous stuff. Like I said, it took me a long time. Um, 
talking and being mentored by a lot of people to get to where I could do it safely. Yeah. Uh, and I understand the hardest part, I'm, I'm like Joe Brian nuts. I'm Brian, what the hell's going on now? He's like, oh, well, we're doing this. So just stand over there and look pretty and keep your gun safe. <laughs> so we did, there's a lot of stuff like that. You have to learn how it works. And uh, everyone thinks that the gun guys want, you know, guns everywhere and they want live round. And man, I'm trying to talk them out of all that. Hey, can you CG this? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, that's where I learned my first big uh, production joke. It was like, hey, let's do it in post. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can we do this in post? And Kyle's like, no, we can't do yeah. it in post. Look at the lights. And and all the everybody who likes seeing things go boom are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Dang I guess the, the biggest thing is uh, um, the the gun guy um, should be the guy that is is pressing absolute safety. And if there is a safety issue of any kind, you've got to step in. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you make the lead actor angry or the director angry or one of the producers angry. You're the one that's making sure that, hey, you know, this angle's too tight. I have a chance that something's going to come out of this barrel at an odd angle and injure an actor. Uh, you just have to put your foot down on it. Yeah. And this is going to sound kind of funky, but uh, I, I had an experience um, in one of the productions where I had, I had to tell them, hey, you, you really shouldn't set off this explosive on this actor's body because it's an unsafe explosive. And, and everyone kind of looked at me like, what, what do you know about it? I'm like, well, you know, 26 years in the Army, special operations, explosives training, you know, that might blow a chunk off. Kind of. I think I know what I'm talking I about. I would just, I mean, like, golly. Yeah. Well, well it, it, is, it is really funny how, like, um, on some low-budget movies that you see, I've seen that a couple of times where there's just assumptions of safety. Um, and you know, you hear the, ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Is it though? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you heard my speech uh, a dozen times, Brian. My first speech is everyone is a safety. Mm-hmm. Everyone is a safety. And if someone's uncomfortable with, yeah. If someone's uncomfortable with it, it needs to have a discussion at least. Yeah. Right. So when we actually had this deal like on that one set, I, I told them not to, not to do this. And they were going to, I said, I, I'm leaving set because I literally don't want to have to fill out the form. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like, can I, can I shove this in his mouth? I'm like, no, you can't shove that. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or can I, can I point this at the actor? I said, Hey, let's not point this at the actor. Let's, let's hold our 20 degree safety margin and just position the camera so that it doesn't look, looks like yeah. you're pointing. It kind of sounds like being a parent on set a little bit of just like, yeah, no, do that. Know, yeah like, I, like, yeah, like this is unsafe and I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> like that's yeah. just how I talk to my, that's unsafe at this point. This is just unsafe and no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and we'll you talk to your kid and now that's unsafe. Put the gun down. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I talk to my kid, especially with these the, the Nerf guns. We've had yeah. a lot of talk. We have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the education is the key. Like that was something that was lacking for me in like maybe high school theater. And that seems silly. But at that age, that is the type of age where you would make stupid choices, making your own film and using a gun with a blank loaded or something stupid. When you should be like, they should be starting to talk about that. Like safety comes first and knowledge about this stuff comes first before you can just shoot your own movie and 
put a gun in someone's mouth. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and the real the real problems that I run into is uh, obviously I stick to here in Oklahoma and I help. I, I don't care what their budget is, right? Um, but the lower budget guys are like, well, I'm just going to go get these uh, these cool guns I saw on the internet that shoot these things. <laughs> you know, you go, and you realize, you know, there's like a thousand foot per second jet that comes out in the front of that. You know, and armors are kind of they're kind of an afterthought. Uh, on most of the movies are an afterthought or they contacted really late. So here's a question. And I don't know if it's something that, that you as the armorer would deal with, but you know, we've had many a conversation of, um, you know, having weapons on set and, you know, like somebody calls the cops or something like that. So the cops show up. Um, do you have to kind of be vigilant about that at all? Yeah. Well, they, what I usually do is I call, the, uh, the police department ahead of time and uh, and let them know what we're going to be doing on what days. But then I also call the dispatchers the day of and, yeah. and tell them what's going on. If I see law enforcement anywhere within the vicinity of the, uh, of the shoot, I make, I make contact with them. Yeah. yeah it's, so there, there's going to be that guy that's sleep deprived, didn't hear it in the briefing and, and we don't want him charging in and stopping the bank robbery. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's what we don't want. Don't stop this bank robbery. Yeah, yeah, yeah just let it happen. Let it yeah, happen. if you do it well enough, please sign this. We have to. You have to sign this disclosure first. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny because, like, on Out of Exile, we were shooting. We were shooting this bank robbery scene where we had blanks being fired. We had an armored truck, and you know, guys in full, basically battle rattle and all that. And I kept thinking every single time we'd fire off those blanks, I kept thinking like somebody is on that homeowner app mm -hmm. <laughs> like, in the neighborhood. Yeah. Like I heard shots fired. Yeah. That would have been my neighbor, Brian, my old neighbor for sure. She used to text me all the time. Be like, did you see that turn around in the cul-de-sac? Like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I did not see the turnaround, Mary. <laughs> Mary, you one of, one, of the, one of the things about armor that's been the most interesting is, is learning how uh, how your industry works and uh, and and how it uh, doesn't work with the gun industry very well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like one of my mentors is, uh, is Mike Tristano out in Los Angeles. Then Mike's like one of the kings, right? He's the, the big non-production house armor, and he kind of had to explain everything to me about. Um, you know, what my responsibilities were and what I, and, it, and oh, by the way, you know, this is what this means and this is what that means. And, uh, and don't be afraid to speak up. You're the safety guy. It's, yeah. it's, it's been a real education. And um, uh, it's, uh, it's been fun seeing what, uh, what they do behind the scenes to make the stuff look real. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. not I think it is. Though the amount of work that goes into it is absolutely massive. Yeah. What was something that um, kind of surprised you when you when you got into it, like either about how movies work or how they're filmed or how they operate? Was there did you have some misconceptions? I guess misconceptions are my thing. Today. Did you have any misconceptions whenever you came on? The thing that impressed me the most was the the light manipulation, how they manipulate light. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have a guy that say is not lit right, doesn't have makeup on. And they just don't look right. And so they'd be setting it up and I'd be standing next to, to Andrew and Brian and that's just not going to look right. And then they turn on the camera and I get to watch it. And, you know, oh, 
holy cow, that's perfect. That's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Right, because they taught me how to build like light boxes and all that. Like, hey, okay, Matt, we're it's noon, but we need to look make this look like a street light's coming through the window. They literally taught me how to do that. So it, they didn't have real help; they were stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> so cool! Oh, yeah. we just gun guy, or yeah, yeah, they're like gun guy, get over here and do this. But also, the and the special effects, the special effects were interesting. We have a couple of really talented special effects guys in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember on set there being a discussion um, of how the exit wound would look because, like, the classic movie gunshot wound is blood going. Yeah, yeah, we kind of call that uh, we call that the Kennedy effect. Like, you get shot from the front, and somehow the blood comes back out the front. Yeah, (laughs) because in reality, what happens? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all energy flow, right? But uh, we had uh, uh, Troy uh, do the special effects on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, Jeremy Ralston did uh, yep. um, And those guys, they're 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 very reality based in what they do. Yeah. So all their stuff looked, you know, fabulous. They didn't they didn't cheat the system. They actually did the effect and it looked great. It was really impressive. Yeah. yeah. I love Jeremy. He's always looking to blow stuff up. Yeah, he's great. I wish we could get him out of Georgia and get him here. Uh, agreed. We can't part. We can't pry him away from Stranger Things, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well hopefully we'll be able to get that fool on the show at some point. Maybe we can convince him to move back. Yeah. If he hasn't already told you about the time he punched a bear, get him to tell you that. <laughs> I just—he's one of those dudes where. Uh, uh, he was more than happy to say, hey, here's exactly what I'm doing. Here's exactly how it's going to work. And, uh, uh, you know, there's the professionals. And while they're running their profession, they teach everyone around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the more I know, the more I can make my product better. So especially when I'm working the, the gun, he's working the impact. If, if I don't know what he's doing, I can't do a good job. So yeah. he was a really good mentor right off the bat. Say, so, hey, hey, Matt, here's how this is going to work. Try not to screw my effect up. <laughs> That's great. What kind of advice would you give to, you know, the young filmmaker who's just trying to get his or her project made? And, you know, maybe they don't have a massive budget, but they want to have these these weapons in their shots. What, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, hey, just look up the person in your state. Uh, there's there's an armor in almost every state. And I'm never going to do the the big, you know, I'm not going to do the John Wick because I don't want to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. I like making myself available to the people here in Oklahoma and, uh, and and doing the stuff that they need. Just reach out to them. A lot of people are intimidated. They go, you know, they go on, uh, uh, I like my instructional website or um, the Range 405 website. And they look at my Oh, I can't call this guy. This guy's going to be a jerk. (laughs) You know, if someone did that, they can't be a nice guy. Right. I'm like, call me. Call me me when you're writing your script. I love it when guys send me their early scripts. I'm not going to rip you off because I don't write scripts. I don't pitch scripts. That's right. But uh, I I tell them uh, early on, I can tell you like, hey, uh, this is the actual dialogue that's going to come out of a police department. Or this is the actual dialogue that's going to come out of something in the military. And, and let me help trim your script like that. And they go, well, you know, how much is that going to cost? I thought, are you kidding me? I'm getting to read a script. You know? and, and I'm one of the armors that reads the whole script so that I know what my characters are. And I can, I can adjust it. 
and to fit that that actual character. It's very, very smart too. That is, wow. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a big reader, so it's something new to read. Yeah. Contact your armor as soon as you can in your script. Yeah. Uh, before before your script is done, contact your armor and, and say, hey, how's this going to read? How's this going to look? Hey, what weapon would this guy have? You know, so that it, it sells. It's not... Uh, it, it's it's not that ninety percent of the populace they're not going to understand what what gun would this what gun would a, does a law enforcement guy carry? But there is a massive segment that does get it, and you don't want to lose that segment. You know, they'll, they'll write off your movie off the bat because the badge isn't in the right place or something. It's yeah, right. right. Yeah, I mean, oh. I mean, armor stuff is hard. It's not it's not easy stuff like you know sound. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're just hanging it's out. True. Tunes and everything. I'm working. I carry my own kind of shotgun. Thank you. <laughs> I love this. I love this dude. Watch me work on that last movie. I worked with him twice now. In the last movie, he was on a, a what, I, what I call your small format, Brian. And he literally has his entire world stuffed in this one little cart. Yeah. And we're yeah. dragging this cart through trailer houses and parking lots and two story yep. buildings. <laughs> <laughs> did we bust a wheel off your cart in this last movie um i think it got like hung up or oh oh actually yeah my my wheels started to do this number because we were moving <laughs> yeah, you so much like, you were you were over the, the the gross load on your cart by like 200 pounds yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, like I've, I've since made some minor adjustments so it'll stay solid because yeah i like threw a wheel and was like god dang it <laughs> The saddest is seeing that cart. Uh, I was on a. I've helped move that cart many a time. I've worked with sound a few times, and the saddest was we had to leave because it was a lightning storm, and came back, and the little umbrella that was on top of it did not anything. Yeah. So it's the sad. And it was. It was like every other part of the every other department was totally dry, and then there was ours, and it was just like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> Then the other thing that we've really been trying to do, uh, really want to get in with like Green Acres or with um, oh Green guys, Pastures Studios. Oh, Green, yeah, Green Pastures. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm old. And then <laughs> the company is it uh, Prairie? Uh, Prairie Surf. Prairie, Prairie Surf, Surf Studios. I yeah, really want to get in with those companies and be able to teach actors uh, how to handle their firearms. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think that is so important. Yeah. Because because we want um, we want you to be able to say you know we want Kelly to go okay well I'm playing a gangster and so I need to handle it like this or I'm playing a police yeah officer, I need to handle it like that right or I want to be Carrie from Homeland does Claire Danes handle a gun well I would assume yes see I just yeah. want to know what your opinion is on all these movies now but <laughs> yeah so at some point let's just have him come back we need to do just a screening of movies. And he's like, good, bad, good, bad. <laughs> Dude, I would actually, I would love to do that. I would that. love really that. <laughs> I'm not sure you guys would want to hear me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw Kelly handle her Nerf gun. What, at a, what it in? How, how's her form? How's her? Yeah. Well, actually, she's kind of, she's kind of pro on that one. I was good. Yeah. Keeping Hold your on, finger off the trigger. Hit. That's good. Hold on. It's got it depends. It depends. What is she? I mean, some of them keep their finger on the trigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, that's got to be, yeah. 
She's shouldering it and she's staring at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and my background is just like, what is happening with this? Yeah, but I'd love I'd love to do those classes. And uh, I actually there's a um, one an actor that texts me or, or emailed me, and I just found it in the spam folder, so I've got to call him back. Ah. But some of the guys are like, hey, I learned how to do this before I get a specific role. Yeah. And, uh, well, if you're going for any of those like SWAT like cop shows, I figure that's a huge benefit to you as an actor to be able to put that on your resume that you've had even a, a workshop from you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it would be, like, <laughs> be really nice if uh, one of the organizations in Oklahoma would uh, come up with a certification. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to teach that. That's, you just have to be careful who you do it. People want to grab, well, here's, here's my buddy that was in the National Guard or here's my buddy that was a cop 20 years ago or everyone, apparently everyone is either special forces or a SEAL. Mm -hmm. And so they'll grab kind of random folks and you have to be immersed in both the instruction side. So I'm trained in the handling because I did it for 30 years, but I'm also an instructor and I learned how to be an instructor without being a jerk, which is the real problem. I mean, we got a lot of people that have the knowledge, but they can't teach. Teaching is its own skill, right? Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, and then from the hollywood perspective too working with how the camera how everyone needs to like that is huge too yeah it is it is what needs to be done what doesn't need to be done and some of the things well this is the way we would do it on my uh, my tactical team this is the way i would do it in the teams but uh it's not going to look good on camera we have to adjust it so it looks good on camera yeah director, i was just going to applaud your website i think it looks so like so well done just and and it, it's so easy to navigate so that uh is, yeah range405.com that is my oh. brilliant brilliant marketing girl that does it's that. amazing yeah, she does all, my, all my graphics all of my web content um, she's like okay so tell me in caveman speak and then she translates it to it makes sense with it's great yeah. yeah which on that note uh, go ahead and plug yourself. We have range405.com. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a couple small companies that I do. Uh, OKC Tactical is the company where we do our, our self-defense training. Uh, Range 405 was started specifically to provide the, the actor training and the movie armor work. And then recently, <laughs> I got to buy the range and the facility that we trained at. So, that is Range 66. It's in Yukon, Oklahoma. And uh, it's a private club. So it's really easy for me to get to the actors in there now because I own all that. Yeah. So I don't have to fight with anybody for time or space. That's great, man. Yeah. And then I just, I just go out. I'm, I'm retired um, after so many years in the Army. So I just basically hang out and do fun stuff. I mean, everything I do, I love. Someone asked me the other day, like, what do you do for work? I haven't worked in years. I haven't worked since 2018. I just yeah. go and do stuff that I love, which is why I mesh well with the production people. Because the uh, first time I talked to Brian, he said, you know, we all love our work. And uh, you know that we do because uh, we're all really poor doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. We're all broke and we love it. <laughs> benefits of pushing your little sound card around. Yeah. <laughs> That has the ever so pathetic sounding squeak. Yeah. I swear I have the only card in the entire set that squeaks like a little homeless guy pushing his car around. I'm telling you, man. You, but but the, the funny thing is when you're on your small setup there, um, 
watching the rough cut, uh, you just you crushed it all. You got everything. Good. I cannot wait to see how this thing turns out. Yeah. The, the most important thing, is get your armor in as quickly as you can. And uh, if your armor's a jerk, then dump him and get someone who's not. Yeah. Anything having to do with firearms is uh, stressful enough. You, you don't need someone that's actually making everything more stressful. <laughs> you should be getting a guy that's making everything less stressful. Yeah. And that's really, um, like Kelly was saying, we call, it, we call it seamless integration because we want – people to get relaxed and go, Hey, Matt has this. I can, I can do my job because he's not going to do something stupid or allow something dangerous to happen. That's really what I focus on when I'm there. I want it to look good, but most important is I want it to be safe. Yeah, that's great. Well, Matt, thank you so much for giving us some of your time and, and letting us pick your brain and everything. This has been really, really fun. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then hopefully we get to work together here pretty soon. I mean, I know. Things have been pretty, pretty slow lately. I think it's about to pick up. I think we're about to get a nice fat influx of stuff. We got like two lifetime movies shooting at the same time. Lots of guns. A lot of guns. Lots of guns in those. I mean, if they're a murder story, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This one, this next one that I'm on is my terrorized teen. So I still have to read the script. And all three of you now out of the new place. I have um, a lot of machine guns. Ooh. Because you know, just in case we need them for the movies. So yeah, yeah. All, come out anytime you want. We can shoot some regular guns. We can shoot some machine guns. You guys will get uh, uh, more familiar with that. Uh, with that, I too. would be so down. I've been wanting to take Nick here out to the range for a while because I have my small armory. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I've never fired a fully automatic before. So that that you know, that'll be that'll be interesting for me. I want to hatchet throw something. That's really where I'm at right now. I want to well, like. There's a place in Oklahoma City we, that you can do that. It's a lot of fun. That Excellent. sounds like fun to me. Throwing knives and hatchets. Yeah. Enjoyed meeting you guys. And, and seriously, you guys have to come out, spend some time out there. I'll Absolutely. show you what I tell. This is what I tell all my uh, actors, and I tell all the people that train with us for self defense. The, the gun is just a tool. You know, the weapon is the mind, and yeah. you learn. You learn how to keep everything as safe as possible and use the tool. It's that in all of my businesses, that's really the, the key goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Well, all right, man. We're gonna go ahead and let you go, and yeah. uh, and I'll see you on the next one. I'm sure we'll work together soon. Sounds good. I expect some calls from you guys. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> great conversation, uh, Kelly. That. Those self-defense classes would have really, really, really changed that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like I, I could have switched that around that scenario. Like I like it would have probably ruined it if I had had some self-defense classes because I wouldn't have put up with that. I mean, I'm going to say your, your guy who uh, and his ever so romantic method of asking you out that could have gone very sour. Look, very there, quickly. There was a 10 percent chance. If that's that's generous, there was a ten percent chance that ask was going to work. I and know the fact that it did just breaks my brain. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm that person, but I've always loved being scared. I've always loved being scared. I don't know what it is. Aaron like even laughs because he can tell that even when the kids scare me or if he scares me, like there's this part of me that just is like some some glee and and like like being scared. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Which I is think probably why he, I don't junkie. think he knew that I was, yeah, he didn't know I was claustrophobic, but I mean, 
Maybe that's what started that. I don't know. I definitely at least like three things in your life are going to be traced back to that kidnapping, asking out first kiss. Yeah. Well, fun fact, I actually did Taekwondo with this kid too. um, Back when I was doing Taekwondo and I wrestled him as a girl wrestling boys. I did, but that, I mean, he obviously that was when I was young and he destroyed me. Because there's so much more to your backstory that we're discovering in this one conversation. Eventually, and then we did musical theater together. It was fantastic. Eventually, we'll get to the uh, to the point where you talk about how you and Aaron to start every day, like have to like point a gun at each other and then be like, put it down. Actually, at some point, if I ever feel comfortable, I will tell you about the drama of how Aaron and I actually like got got to the dating because it was potentially more dramatic. Than my first, than this this uh, kidnapping. So wait, was it was it like uh, like a Marty McFly saving his mom's kind of situation, or <laughs> like some guy was assaulting you in a car and he? I guess that's more Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> some guy, uh, no, some guy came in with a bomb strapped to his chest and he's like, the only thing that'll deactivate this is that. The- <laughs> people here who commit themselves to loving each other. <laughs> I'm just realizing just now. Maybe this is why I love Nicolas Cage so much. I love Nicolas Cage so much. I don't care what anyone okay. says. I know he's garbage. It doesn't matter. I love him. And maybe this is it. This is like. Well, that That works because if I heard Nicolas Cage did that to ask. It would make him, sense. I would say that makes total. He's a crazy person. And that makes total sense. Yeah. Yes. And I'm the person who would say yes to that. If yeah. Nicolas Cage took me and put me in a trunk of a car and asked me out to a semi-formal. He does that every other Friday. Listen. Just random people. I really That's what think... we need to improvise this, in, but Nicholas Cage, who can do yeah. that? I think that you're super attractive. And I really want to take you out to the dance. Nick, I, you're I don't gonna think... go with me. I don't think this is the time. The bomb's about to go off. It's ticking down. We're, we got like less than a minute left. Do you know anything about cutting wires? Calm yourself. Okay. If I know one thing for my dojo, it's that this is hot as hell. It's it is it Nick. I feel like you're not. You're, I feel like you're disassociating. I'm okay. Nothing I'm gonna, says romance like walking away from fire that explodes while I'm blowing your mind. Oh, I appreciate the flowers. Um, again, you're not reading the room. Be careful. Uh, Be careful when you smell those flowers because they're full of explosive poison. And if you do, you might die not once but thrice. Is this the poison from the movie The Rock? Did you put the rock poison in the flowers? Welcome to The Rock! And I am just like, all in, baby! Well, if you like what you heard... <laughs> I, now I don't know how to segue out of this to end the episode. Uh, it's, There's it's no way. We're launching the Okie Show Show dating app. Yeah. Oh, yes. Teach you how to scare the ever-living shit out of the potential person you're going to ask out. And I can actually rent you my uh, child who is a poltergeist. Like, she's an actual poltergeist. So you can use her. She screams like a banshee. So if you want to scare somebody, just use her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm becoming my own child armorer. <laughs> is that a thing? No, that's actually just sounds is sounding bad. Nothing I regret sounds my more words. Epic than a baby with a rifle. 
<laughs> Nicholas Cage's. Use a baby on set. You need to know. Yeah, how Cage. We and need they- Nicholas Cage, Keanu Reeves, baby armory. Yeah. Yeah. Baby armorer. <laughs> baby armorer. <laughs> you think this gun is safe? Ah. Okay. Going off your mark. <laughs> Toddler armorer. That's even better. Okay. All right. That's it. We're done. <laughs> If you like what you heard and you'd like to be a part of it yourself, check us out at patreon.com slash show show. You can also visit us online, interact with us, have a conversation with us. Give us really absurd dating advice on our Facebook, our Twitter. Unfortunately, we have a Twitter, our Instagram, and now our TikTok. Uh, God bless America. And you can also check us out at okishowshow.com. And that, my friends, is it. Until next time. The Okie Show Show is a mostly harmless media podcast recorded at Tower Studios in Oklahoma City. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you're a business or industry professional that would like to advertise on the podcast, email info at okieshowshow.com. Rates starting as low as $25.